Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. The National Geospatial Intelligence Agency is set to break ground this month on Next NGA West. That's its long-anticipated new headquarters in North St. Louis. It's the largest federal investment in St. Louis ever. The $1.7 billion construction project is expected to last several years. The goal is to have the campus complete by 2023 and to make the St. Louis region a geospatial industry hub. Joining me in studio to talk about it is Sue Pullman. She's the next NGA West program director. Uh, Sue Pullman, welcome to the program. Thanks, Sarah. Great to be here. For those of you listening, do you have a question about the new NGA headquarters? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. So, Sue, we've been hearing about this plan for years now. Um, but this is really the month, November 26th. That's when the official groundbreaking happens. Um, so what happens first once we hit that point? So first I'll back up just a bit. Um, big excitement for us actually occurred back in March when we awarded the contract to the joint venture of McCarthy and Hitt. So now we're to the point where we can actually, yes, break ground and show some activity out there on that site that's the city did such a great job of cleaning up and getting ready for us, and now we'll actually be able to get the shovels out there and the dump trucks. Um, so we've been in a design process since that contract was awarded, um, but now we're to the point where McCarthy and Hitt are ready to to start grading, and, and we should really see some, some great activity. So that'll be our next step, getting some grading done, getting the site ready to start putting in foundations, which will happen next spring. Next spring, okay. And when will we start actually seeing walls arise, the kind of thing you might notice if you're driving past? So I think late spring, you'll start seeing steel going up. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so if we stay on track with where we are today, yeah, foundations starting to go in and steel going up, I would say in the April, May time frame. So you've got these contractors who are supervising the construction. Tell us a bit about who's going to be working on this under them. So they have a very large team, obviously. Um, probably long before the contract was ever awarded, they had formed their entire team of major subcontractors. So your electrical and your mechanical, um, the folks who will do that that ground work, um, the folks who will provide the steel, the folks who will provide the exteriors of the building. I can't name the companies that they're working with, but yeah, they have a very extensive team of folks. And I will say we're really lucky um, you know, the government's uh, process to award a contract of this nature is always very competitive. In the end, the McCarthy hit team won. Um, great for us here because McCarthy is such a known entity here in St. Louis. They know the workforce here, the labor force. They know the companies here. So they're really going to be able to draw on that, that local element, which I think will make the whole project go much smoother. And in terms of that local element, what kind of rules are you guys operating under? Or maybe it's more goals in terms of minority participation, things like making sure that the diverse city that we have right. is, is represented in the contractors. So the way we do it at the federal level is a little different than you would see with the state or the city of St. Louis or even the county. Um, the federal government, first of all, is not focused on hiring local. So the fact that we got, for instance, McCarthy as a prime contractors, you know, it's it's good fortune 
um, through the competition. Uh, in terms of all of those goals and objectives, yes, we have very specific requirements that um, come out of federal statute. Um, so, for instance, in this particular case, about 28% of the overall subcontracted dollars are expected to go to small business. And then within that, the federal government has other requirements and objectives for things like um, small disadvantaged business, and small disadvantage would include minority companies, uh, women-owned small business, veteran-owned small business, service-disabled veteran-owned small business, and uh, even a category we call hub zone. And hub zone, in simplistic terms, are, are businesses that have maybe been disadvantaged over time based on where they're located, uh, they're located maybe in an economically deprived area, and also the requirement that their employees live in that area. So that's another category. So those types of contracts we look for 2%, 3%, 5% of the subcontracting dollars to come from those various categories. So it's rather complex and convoluted, um, but I will say um, McCarthy HIT is being very proactive. In fact, we saw uh, them out in the community, engaging in uh, workforce training events and things, even long before the contract was awarded. So we know they are very serious about expanding opportunities on this project as much as possible. And it sounds like these um, these federal um, requirements here, they're going to make sure that there's a, a very interesting mix of all sorts of people who are going to end up getting part of this work. So we mentioned the date of 2023. I understand mm -hmm. that's the goal for having the whole thing done. But as we all know from moving, there's, there's kind of different ways you can do it. You can do it all at once. You can do it in waves. How mm -hmm. are you guys going to achieve this move without interrupting the really important work that you have to do? So first of all, I'll clarify, we won't be totally done in 2023. So 2023 is when McCarthy Hitch should button up the building in such a way that we can then move in um, our IT which is about another one-year process after completion of the building. So then we'll bring in our communications equipment, our IT, our security equipment. So another year, and then in 2025, we should be ready to move our people. And oh, yes, okay. there's a big focus on mission continuity when you do something like that. Uh, you have to make sure that you move things in an order that is logical, that won't break mission, um, and ensure that it the chunks you're moving are doable um, and you're not overextending anything. We are very lucky because when our headquarters was built about 10 years ago out in Springfield, Virginia, they went through all of this. And so we have a wonderful plan that worked very well for them that we can use and, and uh, mirror in our planning to ensure that we can get a very important mission moved uh, seamlessly, no gaps, no dropping. So there is some precedent here, the there fact is. that they did this at the, the national headquarters. Correct. Um, so you're saying there's going to be some workers moving in by 2025. How long is it going to take until every last person has left the Soulard campus and is in North St. Louis? So we should start the move in early 2025 and be done by the fall. Okay. So it's really about a six-month move process for 32 hundred people or so. Okay. Um, so not, not too long. Um, and then we will be out 
except for a few people who will stay behind to maintain, to dispose of our equipment that's mm-hmm. there, um, to just essentially maintain and take care of the site until the federal government decides uh, who who will take it at that point. Okay, so that you've led right into what there I was going to ask you about. What happens to that old campus in Soulard? That's up to the federal government to, to figure that out? It is. The, and the government has a very specific processes for um, excess property, we would call it. Um, the interesting thing about the arsenal is that it is a historic site. Some so, of these buildings go way back. Correct, correct. As early as 1820s for some of the buildings. So that will be interesting for whomever gets the site. We do know that at this point, there's no particular military interest in the site. And so it'll go through uh, a process general services administration manages, and they decide or they they essentially advertise that the site is available and, and look for offers and look for who would be willing to take it on. But whomever does get it, and that's an important point, is they would have to maintain it as a National Historic Property. Okay, since it does have that significance there. So looking to this new campus, which I'm sure you must be so excited about, even though you still have years to wait, um, what are some of the ways it's going to be different from the old campus? So yeah, we're really excited. This gives us a lot of opportunity to uh, change the way our agency does business. We know that we need to be more open. We know we need to collaborate more, uh, collaborate more with industry, with uh, our academic partners. And our current campus just does not allow us to do that. Everything is built around a secure environment. So I can't just invite you in for lunch on a given day. I might have to have three days notice to even get you in the building. Uh, And then you have to have a very specific purpose for being there. So we will, first of all, be more open in terms of being able to invite people in, our our current partners and new partners. Um, Secondly, from the standpoint of openness, we should be able to bring in um, young people. That's a big part of the plan, to have areas where we can bring in students from K through 12, Um, students at the local universities so that we can help them learn about geospatial intelligence, what we do, why our jobs are important, and hopefully recruit the next generation of employees. So that's going to be huge for us. Today, neither of those things can be done. We can go out to people Mm -hmm. and we can collaborate and work with people externally. But to bring them in so that they can have a more wholesale uh, engagement with our own folks is really impossible. So we're very excited about that. We're also excited that uh, from the standpoint of mobility for our own workforce, we will be a wireless environment. That's something we don't have today. Mm-hmm. So our own people will be able to walk around the building and, and sit down easily and collaborate with their their co-workers and their peers. You could bring a laptop to a meeting, Correct. say, and, and still be able Correct. to work. Um, this, this sounds like in some ways, maybe this is high time to have this it upgrade. It <laughs> it's interesting, though. It seems like you've got a balance that you've got to strike here because here you are at heart, you're a spy agency, and yet you have this desire for openness. Is that hard to say, yeah, we want to be talking to the kids at the same time that people are saying, whoa, what you guys are doing is top secret. Yeah. So first of all, you know, I guess I would like to correct the messaging on that. We 
we aren't really a spy agency. I know, and that's an easy way for people to describe us. Um, and it kind of goes back to probably when I was young in the Cold War. And, and it everything. does sound so exciting it when does. you say it that way. It sounds super secret and sexy, and that's great. Um, but really, our our business is national security. If if you were to come in our building today, we have a lot of people that support keeping. Um, military aircraft flying where they need to be, keeping military watercraft going in the direction they need to go and not running into things. We have a lot of people that support disasters. Um, because because we're a mapping agency, because we, we are about taking images and giving people a picture of the world, of what's going on at any point on the world on a given day, um, we have a really important mission in terms of supporting things like hurricanes or earthquakes. Um, we supported the uh, Ebola crisis heavily in Africa a number of years ago because we can pinpoint where things are happening. So that's, I think that's a critical thing to remember that. So it really is intelligence. It's correct. not espionage. Correct. Absolutely. And it's, it's an, it, I think that makes the mission uh, very interesting for potential employees, too, and in, in recruitment, because people can really feel a connection to a lot of what we do. We've got time for just one more question, and that sure. is, I feel like I keep hearing that St. Louis is becoming a geospatial hub. Um, what kind of activity are we even seeing here that, that ties in to what your agency is up to? Right. So it has been fascinating for me to watch. In the time since uh, June of 2016, when our former director, Cardillo, named uh, the North St. Louis site as his selected site for the future of our agency, um, what we have seen happening in terms of growth of this idea that St. Louis could become a geospatial hub has, has been totally exciting and, and a lot, I think, very unexpected in some respects. So what we're seeing happen today is on the academic side. You know, you see St. Louis University standing up uh, special labs. You see their collaboration with Washington University in their collab over at at um, the Cortex. We see what's going on down at the T-Rex with Geosaurus. Just last month, um, the GeoFutures initiative was announced, and you've got 29 leading people from the area, people from business, people from academia, who are all working together to push forward this idea that with the NGA presence in St. Louis and with what we already have here, which was really the basis of Director Cardillo's decision, mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was really based around what was already here, that we can grow that and, and make that into something special in the years to come, really widen the um, economic net in terms of what we can build uh, research and development-wise, um, workforce-wise, mm -hmm. the, the, the specialties that we need to take our mission forward, but then built around also this idea that uh, locating things, people, places on the earth is bigger than just what NGA does. It, it supports the transportation industry. It supports health services. It's, you know, it really supports everything you and I do every day. So there's tons of opportunity for St. Louis, I think, to build on this and, and take us forward. Sue Pullman of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, thank you so much for joining us today. So good to be here. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.